Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. This morning I want to speak on Luke chapter 1 and we're going to do a couple of Christmas messages today. One this morning and one tonight. And I want to speak from Luke 1 and verse 46. And it says this, and Mary said, I'm preaching, by the way, guys, from the computer from the New King James this morning. We normally do the NLT, uh, but um, I've been reading the NLT and it's, it's a rubbish translation sometimes. So, I know, Neil, I know, I know. They just get it wrong sometimes. So, you know, I, I know my Greek. Anyway, Luke chapter 1 and verse 46 said this, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for behold henceforth all generations will call me blessed and he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And this is one of their most amazing songs. It's one that is known throughout the world. It's sung in uh, many traditional churches and cathedrals known as the Magnificat. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful song and, it's, um, uh, and it's, it typifies our understanding of Christmas uh, and, and Mary's response to um, discovering that she is pregnant uh, and discovering that, that God has chosen her of all the women of Israel in, in all of the ages, they would have wondered how will the Christ come and suddenly here she is discovered. She's the one who will carry the Christ, who will bring forth um, Jesus uh, and bring redemption and salvation into the world. And, and we have this, this amazing response from a teenage girl that has, whose world has just been turned upside down. You know, the most amazing thing is when God touches your life, uh, trouble ensues. Because God and the world don't mix well. And what God wants us to do and what He's saying to us, it, it doesn't mix well with the world's thoughts, perceptions, understandings, its moral viewpoint. The world wanders this way and that way and God comes with a true line and He brings forward and it often conflicts with society's understanding and here we have a teenage girl growing up in a religious society uh, that is controlled by the the religious elite um, and a lot of fear a lot of misconceptions a lot of just misunderstanding actually of scripture of prophecy and here we have this this girl who is engaged to be married and she suddenly discovers she's pregnant and in discovering she's pregnant, it's, you know, she now has to tell the story. You can imagine how that goes. 
Uh, Joseph, yes. Um, I'm pregnant, um, but it's okay. It was God. Um, and you can imagine, like, because God not... I mean, God hasn't spoken to Joseph at this point. And uh, so Joseph hasn't had the rundown. He's just hearing it from his fiance, And you can imagine going through his head, what? You know, you can imagine Mary... How? I mean, you know, the confusion. And then the social kind of, oh my word, what does this mean? Because even if, even if he believes her, nobody else will. Uh, and it's not like God is coming and telling everyone what has happened. He's just telling a few. And so Mary has got the most amazing news, but the most terrible trouble. She's got to be pregnant as a virgin in a controlled religious society where that is just the no-no. And she's got to convince her future husband to still be her future husband. And she's got to get through that whole process. And in all of that response, we have these amazing words. And she says here in 146, my soul magnifies the Lord. And then she goes on to declare incredible story of redemption. And what happens is that Mary, her heart, knows how to magnify God in times of challenge rather than shrink back in fear. You see, the heart either magnifies or it shrinks. In times of challenge, in times of circumstances, sometimes we find ourselves... We're just trusting in God. We're walking toward, we're walking what we believe is God's ordained purposes for our life. And yet all we're getting is trouble. Who knows what I'm talking about? All we're getting is that like resistance and people misrepresenting what it is that we say. And, and situations being badly Managed by people who are even very close to us, and we expect you know that there's always this expectation that your your friends will understand, <laughs> but even your friends often don't understand because they didn't get the angel <laughs> and they didn't get the word, they didn't get it, and it, so it's you're standing there and you're wondering what is going on. But Mary comes and says, well, I'm going to magnify God. I'm not going to shrink back. She had a soul which was healthy on the inside. It says in Luke 1.30, it says, this is what the, this is what the um, angel says. And it says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You see, there was something about the soul of Mary that could expand under pressure and not shrink back. There was something about a heart that wasn't afraid, that understood the difficulty, but just knew that if she pushed into God, she would know how to deal with the challenge rather than if she pulled away. You know, one of the great things uh, in today's society is that we, we have this, this, this kind of accepted wisdom that when things are getting bad, why this is what I need to do, I just need to pull back for a while. I'm going through a hard time, so I'm just going to pull back and I'm just going to get a wider picture. This is a problem with pulling back. It's called your world shrinking. 
Why does your world shrink by pulling back? Because you can now no longer see the things that are going to help you, bless you, help walk through with you. People, they go through trial, they pull back from church. Well, church is where you belong. Church is your, is your family. Church is where you've got to get it up. You've got to get in and see it up close, not pull back. When, when, when Mary is presented with this incredible challenge, she says, my soul will magnify the Lord. She gets into a place of worship and declaration. It says in Psalm 103, Psalm 103 verse 1, it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, David is writing this psalm, and he's writing a psalm that he's saying, soul, bless the Lord. Soul, magnify. Come on, he's speaking. He's having a little chat with himself. Who likes to have a little chat with themselves? I like to chat to myself. Sometimes I do it verbally and I do it outside and I generally do it when I'm out walking the dog and I lose kind of sight of everyone around us. And I'm often talking to myself when people, my neighbours all think I'm loony. And uh, I'm just having a chat and just talking away. And I talk to myself. I talk to God. And I talk to, I talk to the cows. I do talk to the cows. And uh, I talk to just about anything, really. And I'm out there. And I'm just chatting away to myself. Because sometimes you've got to have a little chat with yourself about your own heart, your own attitude, your own perception. You've got to be able to speak into your heart and say, come on, buck up. And get yourself moving in the right direction again. Because what happens is that under pressure, the natural intention of the heart is to pull back. David had, was feeling this shrinkage in his heart and he stops and he says, you know what, I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. He's giving himself a good talking to. You see, when you bless, when you bless the Lord, when you magnify, you magnify the blessings and you expand the truth. You magnify what God has done for you. You expand truth in your life rather than... See, when you pull back, you can't see anything. When you pull back, it may be that you're under pressure, so you, you might not come to church because you're, you're feeling worried or you're feeling, you're, you're feeling hurt or you're feeling confused. It's like you trusted Jesus and, and then the, the next week after this amazing touch from God, it's all gone pear-shaped. How many of you notice it's as quick as that? It's like, it's like I just had the most amazing Sunday. And then the next week, it's like, that was like the worst day of my entire life. Jesus hates me and so does the church. <laughs> it goes like that, doesn't it? And so what does the heart do? The heart goes, I'm not coming. I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to distance myself from everyone and I'm just going to lick my wounds and I'm going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to... I'm just going to fester in my own pus and I'm just going to... Just like, I just had an image of a, like one of our old cats that used to have cats and they, and they get run over and things. We used to have cats and they all got run over eventually. And, uh, and, they, would just, and they would just come back and a leg would be hanging out the back. They'd run away for a few days and they'd bring back this mouldy leg and then they would just sit there and they'd lick it for a while. And, 
and eventually they'd wander off and then they'd die. And, and, and this, is, this, is the, this is the evidence right here. This is the, the wisdom in all of this. Don't run away. If they just come, they're, after being run over, if they come to us like a wise cat, there's no way. This is not a Magnificat. This is a... This is a oh, yes. This is a foolish cat. We could have got it to a vet, but nonetheless, no. That thing is going to just pull back and die. You know, when you magnify... I'm losing it, aren't I? I can tell. When you magnify, you make more apparent the work of God and His nature. In other words, you, you, you bring forward what it is, you begin to declare what it is that God is doing, and you make more apparent in your life what God is doing and His nature, and you become more convinced yourself that what God is doing in your life, and you become more convincing. And that is critical, because you, you can't convince others that you're in a p- place of faith if you're not convinced. And there is only one way to be convinced in your heart, and that is to let worship and the ability of your heart to magnify God rather than to pull back. How many of you have ever stopped to look at the moon? It's one of those just this beautiful thing, isn't it? The moon is just this this incredible um, satellite that rotates around the earth. and, And as we look at it, you can see... Um, you know, we get to see in the northern hemisphere, we get to see the, the, that smiley face. It, it's not like that around the rest of the world. They don't all get to see, we, in Australia, the moon just looks weird. It's upside down. And, and uh, literally. And uh, so, uh, but we get this sort of kind of this smiley face and you just see this very sort of benevolent sort of shining Satellite that, that, that just radiates at night time and, and you get to see the stars and you're looking at the moon. But when you look at it through binoculars, you, that, that, that moon's face d- becomes the sea of tranquility and you can see into that place where, literally where um, the um, moon landings took in 1969, you can begin to see the, the places, the craters, um, that, that are on the, the face of the moon and suddenly you're not looking at this moon, you're magnifying and you're seeing it in detail. You see, when you magnify God, you bring God into detail rather than to pull back. When your heart shrinks back, you see less of God. When you begin to declare God, you begin to magnify Him and you begin to see Him in greater detail. Your heart becomes more convinced and you become more convincing. See, Mary had the ability to magnify. And in magnifying, she, she, what she gained was a nature of wisdom that enabled her to, to begin to bring forward revelation. If we go back to Luke one forty six, we know nothing of Mary's life. What we know is that she was just, she was a lowly maidservant. She was a nobody in Israel. She's just a teenage girl. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And then what follows is an incredible breakdown of God's salvation plan for man. One of the most accurate, most brilliant portrayals of what God has got 
for mankind, Mary, a teenage girl, is declaring something. What has happened? A spirit of wisdom is flowing out of her heart because she chose to magnify God. Once she was able to magnify Him, she was able to bring forward great revelation of what God is doing. You see, you can't get a revelation or an understanding if you won't magnify. If you won't focus into Him, you won't be able to see what He's doing. The heart wants to pull back, but the the soul has got to be disciplined, saying, my soul will magnify the Lord. I'm going to look and I'm going to see. It says in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter, um, Deuteronomy um, chapter 30 and verse 11 says this. I'm going to read quite a few verses here. It says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 11, it says this, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you. It is not far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into the heavens for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. I have said it before you today, life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them I announce to you today that you shall surely perish that you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that you, both you and your descendants may live now we often associate this, oh, choose life, choose death. Whatever. We don't really understand when those times of choice actually come. We, we don't realize that, that in the everyday, we are choosing life or death. In the normal environments and circumstances and challenges of life, we are choosing life or death. We are choosing to, to magnify God and to walk in His blessing, or we're choosing it, as it says here in verse um, uh, in verse seventeen. But if your heart turns away, in other words, if your heart pulls back, your soul shrinks, and you choose your own independence, and you isolate yourself from the blessings of God. You see, you know, I, I remember a, there was a young man um, some years ago that. Um, would come along to church and he's not in church anymore he doesn't, he doesn't go to church and he, there, was a, there was a wildness in his eye there was like a gift he was a gifted musician and he had a gifted or a talent and I just loved him but, but there was this wildness and I remember looking at him thinking just seeing one day and going this grief in my heart thinking will you choose life but he wouldn't and now he not only isn't in the house worshipping with everyone else, he's not even happy. It's like he hasn't found anything. He didn't choose life. Do you know, I want you to understand that we've got to learn how to choose life. To choose and to make that decision. See, Mary, she found a place 
where she could choose and she chose to magnify. She, she was receiving Jesus Christ into her womb. She would be the one who would bring forth life and her world has just been turned upside down. Everything, has, the chaos would ensue around her. People wouldn't know or understand. Nobody would know or understand for it would not even be announced apart from Joseph and her cousin Elizabeth. It wouldn't be announced not even until Jesus is born and the shepherds get notification that the king has been born. Until then, everybody else is like, hello, Joseph. (laughs) It's like all of these things going on in their world, but Mary magnifies God. Mary chooses to bring forth blessing. And we have to now understand, it says, let me finish with this, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 and 21, it says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all my boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. See, Paul is writing to the church and he's going, look, everything is breaking out here and I don't know whether I'm going to live or whether I'm going to die. But in my body, in my soul, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, it's your heart, it's that kind of, it's the, the part of you. You see, we... In church, we often talk about our spirit or our soul or our mind. But let's face it, none of it comes to church on its own. You you know, you are are not a a tripart being that wanders individually into church. Where's my my body gone? (laughs) You, You are one person. You have different natures, parts of your being, but you come together. And Paul says... With my body, my whole life, I am going to praise God. I am going to bring life and I'm going to magnify God. In other words, under pressure, I am going to bring about the magnification and I am going to declare in greater detail the greatness of who Jesus Christ is. Because when I do that, I know that I am more powerfully blessed I am more able to walk in blessing. I am more able to walk through the challenges and the fires that come before me. Because we know that life is a challenge after a challenge. And it's simply about the kind of decisions that we make. Life is simply decisions. What decision will I choose today? Will I choose life? Or will I choose death? Well, this Christmas, we're going to choose life. Amen? We're choosing the blessings of honoring Jesus Christ and understanding that as we magnify Him, we magnify His salvation, we are brought into a place of peace and tranquility, into a place of a restfulness in our heart, knowing that whatever breaks out in that world, we are secure in Him. And we have a greater revelation of who He is. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.jesusdoesnotlie.com.
Junction Church.